Hi everyone, Aaron here for Zolotech, and today Apple released iOS 14.5 Developer Beta 2. This is available to developers as well as public beta testers soon. Usually by the time this video is out, it's being released to public beta testers, and if it is, I'll let you know in the comments below. This came in at 682.6 megabytes on my iPhone 12 Pro Max, and it was between 600 and 700 megabytes on the iPhone 11, iPad Pro 12.9 from 2020, and iPhone 6S Plus. Now, Apple also released iPadOS 14.5 Beta 2, WatchOS 7.4 Beta 2, as well as tvOS 14.5 Beta 2. At least at the time of this video, there's no update to macOS as far as betas yet either. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at the build number and talk about what's new. So we'll go to settings, then we'll go to general, then about, and we'll tap on the software version. And as you can see, the build number is 18E5154F. And as we get closer to the letter A, it means we're closer to a final release, so I would expect a few more betas. Now, this particular update does have a modem update in it, so if you have an iPhone 12 Pro Max and you're going from beta 1 to beta 2, for example, there will be a modem update. Also, when you go into your settings and then you go to software update, you'll see that they changed the text back. Before there was a new dialog here, they changed it back to just simply iOS 14.5. iOS is up to date. So let me know if you like the old one or this one that they brought back a little bit better. It does look like they've changed the font a little bit, but other than that, there's nothing different. Now, in this update, there are 217 new emojis. So Apple has added support for Unicode 13.1. You can see in messages, there's some new emojis. So there's a head in the clouds or face in the clouds, exhaling, and a face with dizzying eyes, heart on fire. There's beards for different genders. And there's much more than what I'm showing here, but these are just some of them. They'll be added eventually. You can see there's even headphones that have been changed to AirPods Max, as well as a syringe that looks a little bit different before it had a little bit different look to it. So they've updated emoji along with a bunch of other ones as well. And Apple just does that to comply with Unicode standards that everyone else does, as well as Android and Windows and those things on Mac as well. And so the next new feature has to do with music. So if we go into music and then we pick a song, for example, and on that song, if maybe we slide here, you'll see that we have some new options. And these are basically play next. You'll see it says playing next. If we slide again, you can have it play last. And if we slide this way, we have download and garbage like we always do. So nothing terribly new there, but it is a slight change. As well as when you're in a song, playing the song, if you tap on the three dots for the menu, the animation looks a little bit different. So it's a slight change, but it's a nice change as well. So those things are changed with the music app. Now, if we go into shortcuts, there's an update as well. So we go to shortcuts, maybe we create a new shortcut, and then we add an action. We can search for screenshot now. There's a new update to screenshot. So maybe we want to create shortcuts that take screenshots and save those. We can now do that. So there's a new option for that. It's a nice little change that I think people will appreciate if you're trying to maybe save something online with a shortcut. Now, if we go to home here and maybe you have a MagSafe adapter accessory, not necessarily the charging accessory, but maybe an Apple wallet, for example, Noah confirmed this for me. If you have an Apple wallet on here and you remove it, there's a new haptic feedback to the phone. So if you have the MagSafe wallet on here or MagSafe accessories, remove them. It should give you a little bit of a new haptic feedback that wasn't there before. Now, if we go over to Apple Watch, we go into the Watch app here. Under the Watch app, if we go to accessibility and scroll down, 
there's a new accessibility option for headphone notifications. So we now have the option to turn that off if we don't want headphone notifications on our watch. So that option has been added under the watch app. Of course, you have to have an Apple Watch for that to work. Now, also with the Apple Watch, the Apple Watch, when you unlock using a face mask, has a nice little animation or a little notification on your watch. And this is what it looked like before with Beta 1. With Beta 2, they've added a little icon with a lock here that looks like your phone. So thanks to Noah for sending this in and finding this. So you'll see it looked like this before. They've updated it to look a little bit different with a new icon. And that shows up on your watch when you unlock your phone using a face mask. So that's been changed. Now, if we go into settings and then we go to notifications, scroll all the way to the bottom to our government alerts, you'll see it says emergency alerts. If we tap on that, we have some slight wording changes. Here. It says, when always deliver is off, emergency alerts will not play a sound when iPhone is in silent mode. There's just been some slight changes to this overall, and it's been updated. Nothing major, but there is a slight update to that. And that's everything that we can physically see, but there is some code changes as well. So things you can't see for future products, like AirTags, for example, in the Find My app, if you use that when you have AirTags, when that's available, hopefully in March, there's a new wording in there for future third-party item tracking. And basically what it says is these are items that aren't yours but have been seen with you for a continuous amount of time. So basically saying that it's attached to someone else and it's letting you know you may have someone else's belongings. So that's kind of interesting when we see AirTags it should be in there. Now additionally in the code when looking at battery health under optimized battery charging there's mention of a battery pack. So we're not sure if they're referring to a smart battery case that may be coming in the future or maybe something else. At this point we don't really know but it's under the optimized charging section within the code so hopefully we'll see something like that in the future. I know a lot of people have been wanting a battery pack. Now also there's an update for privacy for iPad specifically. So for iPad 8th generation, iPad Air 4th generation, iPad Pro 11th 11 inch 2nd generation, and iPad Pro 12.9 inch 4th generation now it will mute the built-in microphone when its smart folio is closed. So if you're using a smart folio case and you close it, it will actually mute the microphone so it cannot record when that case is closed. So the iPad with iPadOS 14.5 Beta 2 gets all the changes I mentioned already, but also gets that additional safety feature or privacy feature if you have a smart folio case. So that's always nice that they'll mute the microphone by default. It's always nice to have that. They're physically doing that on MacBooks these days as well, so it's nice to have that additional privacy. Now there are some resolved issues as well in this update, and you'll be glad to hear that most of the green tint issues are fixed, as well as the blinking screen when you're on a dark screen and maybe playing videos such as HDR video. However, some people are still having this. So if I go into Twitter, and you can see this is from Jury, and when he's on a dark screen, it's mostly not green until he goes to something very bright. So it's showing on specific circumstances, and then someone else can confirmed a similar issue as well. Now Demetrius also has green tint, but only if he turns reduce white point all the way up and then reduces the brightness to 40%. Then it shows up with green tint. He was able to take this photo and show it. It's a little bit blurry, but it gives you the idea of a slight green tint there. So some people are still experiencing it, but you're not seeing it when you reboot the phone where you would see green around the outside edge. So that has been resolved, which is always nice. Also on those green tinted screens, the blacks look absolutely black now. They're not highlighted or looked like an LCD backlit display, so that's really nice. Also, I've found that AirDrop seems to be working much better. It connects faster now, so maybe I'll send a photo from here to my iPhone 11. Let's go and send this photo to a 
you'll see my devices here, iPhone 11. You'll see it connects right away and then sends the photo over here. So it's nice and fast as far as AirDrop now. And I've tested it across all the devices, which is really nice. It was very slow before and it seems to be fixed. Now, in addition to the issues I already mentioned that are somewhat fixed with the green tint and AirDrop, for example, there are 17 resolved issues mentioned in the notes. And one of them is for CarPlay. So for example, or two of them are for CarPlay. Vehicles can now start CarPlay if the user's iPhone is set to share contacts over CarPlay. And you can now use Siri to share your estimated time of arrival as expected. So before those weren't working. Also, if you're using Maps, you can now share locations to notes and reminders as expected. And there's pointer improvements on the iPad, for example. So there's been additional changes and fixes, as well as a few others. One of the things that is not fixed, though, is the charging animation for MagSafe, for example. So if I turn the display off, put it on the MagSafe charger, you'll see it just shows the normal battery charging. The animation for charging is no longer there. I assume this will be fixed in future updates, as it should be there with iPhone 12, for example. There's also two known issues that Apple states in their notes. One of them has to do with the iPad Pro 11 inch first generation and later, iPad Pro 12.9 inch third generation and later, you're unable to use external displays using a USB-C digital AV multi-port adapter. This was still there in beta one and it's there with beta two. And there's another small known issue that has to do with code and development, for example. Now, as far as battery life on the betas, I would say that it's okay. Normally it will take a few days to know what battery life is actually like. I can only show you the battery life of how it's been on beta one for the past couple of weeks. And so if we look at the past 10 days, we'll take a look at yesterday. It was bad battery life. One hour and 49 minutes of screen on time, three hours and 59 minutes of screen off time. And I used almost 50% of my battery life. This seems to vary greatly depending on the day. So you'll see I used 50% of my battery life one day and had almost four hours of screen on time or three hours and 46 minutes of screen on time. And so it varies greatly. Most people are saying it's decent battery life on the beta. It is a beta, so I wouldn't expect amazing battery life. But being an early beta, I would expect it to be okay. And it seems to be getting eight to 10 hours on my 12 Pro Max for me most of the time, not always. The iPad with battery has been really bad. So hopefully they fix that in the future. Also battery health for me is at 100%. Like I've said before, battery health's not affected by the update. It's just rechecking some files that the phone measures the physical capability of the battery and back. So hopefully they'll keep that updated so that it's optimized battery charging is working properly and your maximum capacity is accurate. That's the main thing is I don't think this is always accurate. Now, other than that, performance so far seems okay. There were a few times when I was trying to record this video at the beginning when I was tapping on photos, for example, and it didn't seem to work properly when I tapped. So maybe there's some touch input issues. So far, it's okay right now, but screen smoothness seems okay. And that lag when you close an app usually takes a couple days to show up. It definitely was there with beta one. We'll have to wait and see if it's there with beta two. So I'm not sure about that, but performance seems okay. And I wanted to show you performance on the 6s plus since it's one of the oldest devices so we'll open music for the first time you'll see what it did there it had a song open it's still loading pulling from wi-fi and well, it's smooth at least and that was the first time i opened it there maybe we'll try opening weather you'll see it kind of linked there music did the same sort of thing as it reloaded if we go into the app store for example it seems okay so in general, it seems like the performance is okay, and the Geekbench scores seem to reflect that as well. Now, if we take a look at Geekbench on my 12 Pro Max, you can see it scored 1,603 for single core, 
4,090 for multi-core. So that's pretty good. It's actually the highest I've had for single core. It's not the highest for multi-core, but it's very close. If we go back and take a look at the history, you can see here February 16th is down here for some reason. So 4090 is what we had for multi-core. If we look at what we had with beta 1, we had 4,111, but single core was lower at 1,598 versus what we have now with 1,603. So right after installing this, I did the Geekbench test, and that's pretty good for right after installing it. So I would expect the multi-core score to improve a little bit. Let's take a look at all of these devices. On the far left, we have the iPad Pro 12.9 from 2020, followed by the iPhone 6S Plus, then the iPhone 11, then the iPhone 12 Pro Max. And like I've said before, this should give you a general idea of what to expect if you have devices that are the same or somewhere in between them. So if you're running those, those benchmarks, expect to have similar or better performance depending on your scores. So overall, everything looks to be good, and playing games like Minecraft and things don't seem to be a problem. And some people were having issues with app crashing before, but it seems to improved, but some apps may need to be updated if you're having those issues. Now, as far as iOS 14.4.1 or a public release, I would expect one of those very soon since we had iOS 14.3 being no longer signed by Apple. And usually when that happens, within two weeks, Apple will release a public release. Yesterday, they released a release for watchOS 7.3.1, which was only for the Series 5 Apple Watch and SE Apple Watch. And that was to address an issue with charging. So that's been resolved with that update, but they didn't release any iOS public updates, which I expected today or maybe a little bit later this week. Of course, we could still be on a two-week cycle with iOS 14.5 beta 2, for example. So we could see it in two weeks from now or one week from now. It depends on how many betas Apple actually has planned. So we'll know that in about a week or so. And we'll, of course, I'll let you know as soon as I know. And so we could know as soon as the 23rd, if there's a beta 3. If there's any major issues with this one, we could know later this week. And then also we could know as soon as the 2nd of March. So I won't know that, of course, until we have more information next week. As far as the public release, again, I would expect something this week. So that's it for iOS 14.5 beta 2. Now, of course, if there's a bunch of other updates or changes or features, I'll be sure to keep you updated with a follow-up video later this week. If you'd like to get your hands on this wallpaper, of course, I'll link it in the description like I normally do. And if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. And if you enjoyed the video, please give it a like. As always, thanks for watching. This is Aaron. I'll see you next time. Hello. Hello. Hello.